Well, good morning, all. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, December 12th edition. So if you're fast in your mind or you just still have a reason to keep track of what day it is and you're watching live, it's Tuesday, the 12th, which means we get to talk politics, common good politics, and dictator for a day. <laughs> you know, Rob, a lot of the dictators I've known <clears throat> mm. wanted to be one only for a day. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's like driving your kid to school day. Yeah, if it, it it's like if you could get... Uh you know, three wishes from a genie in a bottle. Like you get mm -hmm. to be dictator for a day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems to me that the taste of dictatorship is something that people just really want to be done with. Right? Because truthfully, when, when a president says what I'm going to do on day one, people mm -hmm. ask a very serious question about this. You're only working half a day on the 21st of January when you're sworn in. <laughs> you're sworn in at noon. So it, are you talking about that day? That Tuesday We're talking or whatever day? Yeah. I mean, it, 24 is, hours. it is, is a day, a, is it just, a, is it a literal 24 hours? Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. the day, uh, you know, an age? A period? A, yeah. a, some period of time. Is, is the day just... Oh metaphorical and poetic this is this i mean these these are the questions. humor we're doing right here folks. you don't know what rob's doing there's a subset of people who understand the biblical narrative from the hebrew scriptures and the notion of uh, a creation story in days that's what we're that's what we're doing and we could go on and, oh, on, and on with it yes yeah you know who, who, who did did adam have a belly button do, do you know who trump should uh, consult on that of course is uh, young earth creationist Michael Johnson, the Speaker of the House, see yes. what he thinks. Because they got a museum over there that tells you very precisely that yeah. it's a 24-hour period because the bees, yeah. the bees and the pollinators couldn't last. I mean, I've heard yeah. all the arguments. Uh, hey, but we're, we're into it too deep. We're, we're, into, uh, we're, we're in too sharp, um, too sharp of a turn <laughs> right into this. Uh, the Common Good podcast, talk about politics from a common good perspective. And we start with a little, uh, you know, a little warm-up. Uh, a little happy talk. Jim. Good morning to Jim from... Uh, from Ventura, California. And we are started a bit earlier than we often do on Tuesdays, sometimes 9 a.m. Central Time today, uh, kicking it off early, 8.45, pregame show uh, in sense. So when Kimberly comes sliding in and says, oh, I just got here, how long have you been going? She's going to be, uh, she's going to be yeah. disappointed. She, yeah. You know, because one of these days, someone's going to be like, look, I'm going to be ready at nine in case they go live at nine so I can be <laughs> in the chat the whole time. And then we start early. Yeah. It's a real trick. Hey, weather here in Minneapolis on my weather app today said 21 degrees mm -hmm. uh, Fahrenheit. Outside, uh, it is currently feels like nine. The mm. feel, we do a feels like temperature here. I think they do that in places mm -hmm. that are very warm as well as very cold. Like, mm -hmm. okay, there's the temperature, but then what is that experience on human skin? It's really a great, it's kind of a great notion. I used to mock it um, mm -hmm. very, very severely. And now I've kind of gotten into it. I think we should do it on a lot of things. Should do it on pricing, you know. <laughs> hey, how much is that thing? You're like, oh, that's seventy nine ninety five, but it feels like it's about one hundred and eighty bucks. <laughs> like, what's the feels like? Uh, I think if we really dig into our yes. feels like sensibilities, yes, this could go a long way. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it that reminds me of a of a cartoon I sent to a friend of mine yesterday. Um, two people on a train. One, both looking out the window, one looking at, you know, the side of a mountain and it's miserable view. It's right up close. The other one looking out over this glorious valley, valley with the sun shining and, you know, both in exactly the same spot, looking out the window and uh, having two completely different experiences. And, uh, and the caption was Kansas City Chiefs fans at eight and five and Cleveland Browns fans oh. eight and five. Uh, and the Browns fans are, you know, looking out the window with happiness and joy and the Chiefs fans, not so much. Nice. And uh, yeah, so it, it the eight and five feels different depending yes, on who how does you're eight a and fan five of. feel to you. Yeah. Oh, eight and five feels amazing. Yeah, it's got a feel. And, it's got a feels like of great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, uh, how how is it? Uh, what what are the um, what are the cold hearted truths of the numbers telling you they're snuggled somewhere outside of Fayetteville, Arkansas? And uh, what the uh, what's what does it feel like to you? Yeah, I I I hey Kimberly in Kimberly with only missing three minutes. Three. Kimberly, <laughs> I don't know if you were uh, here within the in three the minutes included us saying. Here's what's going to happen. Poor Kimberly is going to try to get in early so she can be for the whole thing. And then we started even earlier. So um, hit the hit the rewatch button uh, on YouTube <laughs> and you'll, uh, you'll have a chance to watch again. So hello, Kimberly. Good to good to see you in the chat. Yeah, I I don't know what the numbers are. I'm not uh, I'm not a big weather report kind of guy. Um, okay. I I seriously I I Just once sometimes a week on the Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, this is about it. Podcast. Sometimes I'll ask uh, the, um, you know, the the AI in my phone, whose name I'm not going to mention right now, because I don't want her to no. begin speaking. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it. It's nice out. It's sunny. It's kind of chilly. What's you it know? feels like to you? What's it feel it like? Feels good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It feels a, yeah. feels a little warmer than maybe it should be in December, but I'll hey, take our, it. our our political report uh, should should include this each time. We're going to be like, here are the numbers. What does it feel like to you? Yeah. Because to most Democrats, no matter what the number is, it mm. will feel a little bit feels like bad. October mm. of 2016, no matter what, where you yeah. just got that sinking sense. That you know, Jim Comey is going to reopen an investigation or some that some nonsense is going to come. <laughs> gonna come. Hey, hey, Rob! Uh, before we get into our important stories, which include uh, these these just bizarre and harmful laws in Texas about abortion, yeah, great news about Rudy Giuliani. Um, just a general reminder that Kevin McCarthy is not the Speaker of the House and won't be in the Congress. I don't even know if we've talked since then. I, I can't remember when he approved himself to be the quitter that he is. Um, but so we're going to get to all of that and the other important things. But can I just gripe for a moment about something? Oh, please. Could I, could Give I, us please? a hot take. Is can this it, a hot can, take? Can I, can I go full screen? Is that safe? Yeah. I don't need any website or any algorithm helping me secure my passwords. When I go to log into a program, let's say xfinity.com so that I can stay up to date on both my cable box because I'm a 57 year old white man living in the Midwest and on my digital devices. And then it tells me periodically, we think it's good for you to change your password. And now I have to change my password. This, this overhelping this, like people rushing in your kitchen, like what can I do to help? And they're standing around and they're actually in the way and they're not really, just unbelievable and, and and then they are like when you set your password we know how secret it is we're going to only let each letter show up for half a second while you type it and then it will go away because chances are while you're changing your password on your xfinity account or your gmail account or your bank account on your phone your tablet your desktop device Someone's looking over your shoulder to watch you type that. So they're going to make it disappear. I mean, the level to it. And then them telling me, here's the number of characters, because the one you pick, one, two, three, four, that's not going to be secure enough for our standards. And then telling me, Xfinity, you can't reuse a password. Because the hackers are also remembering the order in which I insert a special character or a number before. It is so insane, right? And, and it's not only an irritant, which, which it certainly is. To my mind, it feeds in to the subtle pressures that enculturate people into fear. I mean, it's like a trickle of LifeLock commercials. Someone is breaking into your identity now. And for all of this nonsense about my Xfinity, or again, pick your ridiculous thing I have to access with a password, 
People are still having their identities stolen all the time. So I just sit here while I'm remaking it and then thinking, okay, which password haven't I used and which one of the special characters or letters can I rearrange and blah. And then have to go into a notes app somewhere or put it in there or just drives me crazy. So if anybody else feels that pain, this feels like moment is brought to you by password updates. Xfinity, clearly. <laughs> and that was just this morning. It was just well, yeah. And it was it was yeah. Shelly last night. My my wife Shelly was trying to log into an app for our health club, and they have one of those ridiculous things where while you're typing it and you have to enter it twice, yeah, it disappears, and it has to be like nine letters long, and you got your big old thumbs on this little bitty keyboard, you know, imaginary keyboard on a phone. And five different times, she's like, okay, which, and then she's doing the backspace, pop, pop, pop. And I can hear, cause she's got the ticky things going. I'm like, oh, she's backspacing right now. Was that three backspaces or two backspaces? Like, it's just a mess. And for all of us, all of this is supposed to keep you safe. Like things work the way they're supposed to. And yet there's that little irritant where you're like, I don't know if it's these people or the hackers that if they could get into my lifetime health club <laughs> login and sign me up for pickleball uh, uh, sessions, I, I don't know how I would, I don't know how I'd survive. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, I have two thoughts about this. Um, one, I will, I will join you and share what my irritant is when it comes to passwords. Okay. And, and that is when they suggest a password for you and it, you know, some, random bizarre set of letters and numbers and then you have to like actually go down there and you know choose your own password you know and i i just hate the like the default should be i can choose my own password the default <laughs> should not be you're gonna suggest to me what my password should be well like if i'm having problems thinking of one let me click uh, a button and say hey do you have any ideas it should not be no 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 i would like to use my own totally yeah. I, I will tell you and, I, and i'm sure the secondly smart... okay secondly i'm going to introduce you to oh, gotta, uh, on, i gotta get you, i gotta get you on big screen all right start start that oh, one well, fresh in yeah, case well, somebody well, wants well, to yeah, yeah, case yeah, some... yeah, i mean these, these aren't these well aren't... rob i've been working out lately you're looking strong and fit <laughs> <laughs> You look great We're just wait, just great waiting for here. someone to enter the chat yeah, and call me fat today. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that. Um, Until after <clears throat> 9 a.m. Central Time. Um, last pass. Last pass. It's a that's wonderful. The, that's the password app? And that is a password app yep. that is fantastic and uh, highly recommend it really big big fan the the other thing i want to say doug i know what what your password is on most of your things and the thought that you have to change it and i might not have access to your stuff anymore makes me sad <laughs> full on look full on that this is this is why i'm not a last pass person i've been a last passer yeah. I, I think I, I think it might even pay the subscription fee one, you know, the whatever it is, yeah. bucks a month or a year or some nonsense. Is because every once in a while, I might have to jump onto Rob's iPad and get into my Xfinity account, and I can't because it's all tied to my LastPass. So okay, fair enough. And yeah, if for most people, and this is true for I think how Rudy Giuliani got hacked and everything. People have to use some kind of a code, some kind of a system of remembering, you know? Yeah. Are you a, are you uh, a fan of anniversaries, something? And it's how they got into Sarah, Sarah Palin's account. It's how they got into. Oh, John Donald Fugasco's Trump's account. Remember Donald Trump's past Twitter account password right. was like MAGA 2016 or something. Yeah. Like I'm that. a dumbass 2016. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. And they just cracked it in a minute. Exclamation point. But he did misspell dumb. So it was, that was how, how <laughs> it took him, so. it took him a little longer. <laughs> the silent beat wouldn't know. How do you feel about two-step verification? Good judge. Great comment. I'm a dab speller. So my <laughs> Jim, thank you. Uh, and I think well his photo, by the way, which you all can't see, I think his photo is a, 
him with a microphone in like a stand-up environment. This is his photo mm -hmm. on on excellent YouTube. Jim, if you're also a stand-up comedian, uh, touche. All right. Uh, okay. Wait, how do you I feel just, about two? Thank you. I just feel the feels like temperature two, in here is. Bad. How do you that's feel how, about two-step verification? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Again, there there are some things for which two-step verification feels important to me. <laughs> just none of the things I log into. Including War, yeah, warranted advice that. tells me, yeah, we have now sent a message and you can open it on DP iPhone or studio iPad. Open your YouTube, Google, yes, YouTube, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. Uh, fortunately, now yeah, I've got it. Sometimes got the the I take it as a moment of zen and I just pause, yeah. And I just sometimes and say everything the two-step well. verify is when I, ha I have to open up the Google or YouTube app on the device I'm currently using. <laughs> like, you know, it's like yes. <laughs> if someone yeah. stole my device, they're in, you know, right. because, yeah. It, okay. Nothing right. in my life is this important. I just wish Joe Biden would fix this. I mean, uh. What, what's that what's guy? He what is he why, doing? Why is he our president if he won't fix this stuff? Seriously, what is he even doing? You know what we can't put a password on and protect it? Democracy. No. <laughs> you know what the password would be for protecting democracy? All of us. Twenty twenty four. We we the people. <laughs> yeah, we the people. Uh, that would be the that that would be the password, and and look, uh, we we are we are lighthearted and serious here all at the same time. Much like Jim, who does remind us he is a stand up comedian. Amazing. That, I mean, we are sort of sit down half assed comedians. Would that be fair? Sitting. Stand up sitting? comedian is uh, maybe my dream job. Truly. Are you, Truly. are you, are you getting out? Are you doing this? Are you, are you trying, there's places you can just walk up and go for two minutes. I know, minutes. I know. I see these videos of you singing, playing a guitar. And I think, oh, yeah, a bunch of well, if he can do that behind a microphone, maybe I could tell a joke. Thank you. That's, that's why I put up the videos of me being bad at singing. Uh, I have one to put up today. I just need to, I need to clean up. Now, now, now I don't listen mind. very long. <laughs> no, I know you don't. I know you don't. You know why? Because I hide little gems in there, Rob. I hide little gems. Oh. I'm like, anybody watch this and do this thing, and then you never do it. So I'm on to you. Oh, am, you're like am, you're oh, like yeah. that professor who puts the little note in the syllabus mm -hmm. or something or the. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm hiding the Easter eggs in there. Okay. But they're not Easter. Listen, eggs. They're little. They're, like, they're little shame eggs. They're little shame eggs. Yeah, and I do this because I do Sunday night uh, videos for my for my adult children, and I make yeah. a video every Sunday night of me singing or playing and send it to them, and I I put them in there. And you know, fortunately this week one of our kids, and you know, you shouldn't say you like some kids more than others. We all know this, and so you don't name names. But it was Ruben, who then said, uh, "Tacos," because in the middle of a of a little thing I was doing, I said, "Hey, just let me know what uh, what you had for dinner tonight if you're still watching this." This isn't a text message. This isn't a social post. This is a video sent a text message. Yep. One kid, one out of six. Well, I'm, one out yeah. of six. No, seven, including my wife. One out of seven yeah. people in this little uh, string. Yeah. One. Yeah. Way to go, Fair Ruben. Fair enough. It's, hey, it's it, nearly we a, talk about nearly we talk about shame. We talk about little shame eggs, as you uh -huh. said. You know who needs more shame? The shame Rudy is. Giuliani. So can I can I read a yeah. little bit from an article? Uh, this is just some amazing stuff. So Rudy Giuliani, uh, his defamation lawsuit uh, that's been brought against him uh, by Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, who were the uh, poll workers that uh, he defamed. Um, he has already been found liable for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it I, I Doug, I don't understand like I. Listen, I'm not a legal expert. Mm -hmm, it nope. feels like the Trump court case that's going on right well, one of the Trump court cases, the New York Trump case, mm -hmm. uh, court case, it's going on. It feels like this is a like a like a penalty hearing. I don't like a like I I, I don't know cuz he's already been found 
liable. And then right. we have the same thing here with Rudy Giuliani. He's already been found liable. Like, so I don't quite exactly understand what these court cases are all about. Mm-hmm. But, um, what the risk of Doug explaining it to you? I will let you keep going. This from an article at uh, Media's Touch. Giuliani drew the ire of the judge when he skipped a pretrial hearing recently. Yeah. He then followed that up by showing up 20 minutes late today for the start of jury selection. After going through security, he had to be reminded to buckle up his belt on the elevator. (laughs) Buckle up, Rudy. They're about to take And then there's Giuliani finally got through security. His belt was still undone, hanging at his waist. Someone just told him he fixed it in the elevator. Like, uh, this guy, the wheels are off with this guy. Um, Apparently, uh, his attorney said that Rudy's uh, lawyer, Joe Sibley, said that not all the terrible things that happened to Freeman and Moss after the election can be directly tied to Rudy, since he didn't ask people to make racist and violent threats. He then said if the jury awarded the plaintiff what they asked, it would be, quote, the civil equivalent of the death penalty. And, quote, would be the end of Mr. Giuliani. He also claimed that Rudy would testify. Listen, if this is what it takes, I just, I want to give a a hearty thank you to Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. If this is the end of Rudy Giuliani. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for your service. service. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Hey, look, uh, the the fall of Rudy Giuliani is in some ways remarkable and in other yeah. ways not at all i think this is who the guy has been all along uh, a grifter of the highest degree even when he was the mayor of of new york mm. people now have gone back and looked through all of it and what he was up to it was always about rudy giuliani always has been and look the man doesn't purport by his behavior or his words to care about people like Seamus and Rudy Freeman. That doesn't doesn't care. They are just characters in his epic tale. Like the the people who were on the wrong end of the policies when he was the mayor of New York or the people who have been impacted by his support Trump. Doesn't it's just it's not that's not his thing. And, and and, and I don't always do this because I don't think everyone's personal life always bleeds into their professional life. But his own family, wa- former wives and children feel this way about the guy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's just, uh, th- there's times where the up and comings are a little too on the nose and this feels like one of those. And so yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe Rudy Giuliani won't be hired by shady governments to run their security any longer. Remember, that's what he was doing in the 20 aughts and the early 20 teens. <laughs> yeah. He was like an international consultant for security. <laughs> like that was his business, this guy. Farewell, Mr. Giuliani. And uh, but, you, you, you know, when, when I was having to type his name into today, I was realizing how oh, that is just a creative spelling to Giuliani. Yeah. Had he ever become president, that would have been that would have been hard for people. Yeah, we all would have had to learn it. It's a it's a word scramble. I mean, you think Barack Obama threw people off? Try you know, ask an average person on the street to spell Giuliani. So that's a that's a heck of a name, and and kind of cool looking actually. That just yeah. just the letters in the name. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. if you didn't have it attached to a person and knew that it was a last name, and you just saw that collection of letters, it'd be like, well, look at that. It's like a, it's like a complex wordle guess. Um, uh, well, Rob, hey, can, can we talk on a more serious note here about what's going on in yeah. Texas? Because uh. this this particular case that has a face and a name of uh, the Supreme Court in Texas saying that a woman's seeking of terminating a pregnancy that will yeah. cost her her health, her mm-hmm future fertility by doctors claims maybe even her her life and that the fetus de- developing fetus is not going to survive mm-hmm. 
And they still said this doesn't reach the exceptional level for the health and life of a mother. So she is now had to leave the state of Texas in order to secure the abortion that's going to save her life. And it's this feels a little bit like those um, like the Terry Shivo case. Do you remember that from way back in yes. the Bush years where yes. there was like a person who you could see? In fact, I think there's even a CNN something or an MSB, MSNBC special about Terry Shivo. And as soon as I heard that name, I was just like instantly sort of sort of back in it. I don't know. It has that kind of vibe because this this person doesn't look like what a lot of people think about when they're being all judgy about people who are seeking the medical practice of an abortion. And it's um, it's right in the heart of the very story that people have been talking about, about why that abortions at stages of 20 weeks or something like this are not random events of people just randomly deciding they don't want to be pregnant. That doesn't happen. And this is, is, I don't know, it seems to me from the things that I read and all that, it's just as medical as you can get. And yet Texas has said no. And she had to, she had to leave the state. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's infuriating. And it, you know, and, and this is, you know, I was born in 1975, um, a couple of years after the, uh, the road decision. So, um, this is the first time in my lifetime that I have, um, you know, I will now have memory of someone having to ask the court to mm. be allowed mm. to get a medical mm. procedure mm. that they need. I mean, that mm. is like that. What allowed? Mm -hmm. You know, you remember, you remember when, <clears throat> when um, the Affordable Care Act was being debated, and Republicans were all taking aim at at Obamacare and remember, you know, their, 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 you know, fear and their threats of, well, there's going to be death panels where you have oh, to go before some, that. Yeah, you go, right. have to go before some government body and let them decide whether you're going to live or die. Yeah. And Republicans just, you know, had this whole death panel thing that they would, that they would talk about. Isn't it, is the Texas Supreme Court not a death panel at this point? Wow. Like, point. why Why does this, this woman should not have to go before a government body to get permission to do what she needs to do for her, her health care? It is, it is infuriating. It is. And tragic. And her, and her name is Kate Cox. And in some ways, I've... I don't know the best way to talk about these things. Like, is it the yeah. Kate Cox case? Is that the best way? Because that can yeah. make it, that can, can, that can make something feel very particularly specific. Like, yes. oh, well, that one case. Yeah. She's chosen to be, Kate Cox says, to be public about all this. And she's chosen to be somebody who wants her, her case to be. Oh, Doug, I just. Heard, uh, by, heard and known by others. So she's publicly chosen to step out and take photos and, and tell her story and, and file lawsuits. And she could have just left the state, but she's trying to identify something. So it's, it's this difficult thing, right? Where when does the Eve in the story represent humanity? And when does the Kate Cox represent just Kate Cox? This is the, this is the interesting and, and, and for a lot of people troubling yeah. troubling pieces yeah and you know i i the the amount of bravery that she has for coming forward and being public is really something doug in a in a very small way you and i have both experienced some of the vitriol that can come your way especially from you know the so-called pro-life movement mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. You know, a few years ago, I had um, you know a, uh, uh, an op-ed published in um, by Time on their website about how um, evangelical Christians, particularly pro-life Christians, should vote for Joe Biden instead of Donald Trump, and um, the death threats, uh, hate mail like uh, that I received for that was right. overwhelming. Um, 
I can't imagine what she must be experiencing right now. Um, and probably will knowing this group of people and how they, what they're willing to say. And these calls would all start with, you know, somehow they got my phone number and, you know, they, they would all start with, I'm a Christian, I go to church and they would end with, you know, me being cussed out and, you know, the most vile language and, you know, wishing death on me and my family. Uh, she's got to be experiencing oh, that in to, to a degree that, you know, is just beyond. And, you know, so, you know, best wishes to, to Kate Cox in the midst of what has got to be a tremendously difficult situation for her and her family. And then compounded that she now has to be the face of a, you know, a movement like, Oh, uh, I just, and, yeah. And look, she's it's not something she chose. She didn't. And I've talked to, we've done in fact, many interviews in this same podcast stream and our YouTube channel. You can watch them with people who've been in her very same situation. I don't know all of Kate Cox's particular story, but we've talked with numerous people who've said, look, I, I never, ever thought I would terminate a pregnancy. Yeah. And then the doctor said these words to me and driving home, my husband and I were like, what are we going to do? So that is likely her situation. So she had to pivot, as you say, in the midst of all of this deep, heavy crisis to also choosing to be a public person and to let her, her story be out there. Yeah, it is. It is truly something. And I'll tell you, Rob, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of those, those phone mm -hmm. calls. Yeah, as I know. Well. And mm -hmm. uh, for people who haven't, uh, mm. there's something quite, to me at least, there was something always quite revealing about those kinds of calls that you would get on particular topics because people would, you could he almost hear the thought process develop. You could hear them ramp themselves up through a series of statements. And because you have it on a recording where you're not saying anything, obviously, they're just, it's just a, it's just a, a, a yeah. presentation on their, on their behalf that, that they start, hi, I read this thing, like it sounds normal, and then it ramps up, and then it reaches a point where it's just boiling, yes. and then we'll often end with a goodbye or something. Like, right? yes. like, there's yeah. a, Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, and, and you realize that, that there's this, we all go through this pattern in our, in our thinking that we we're hearing ourselves and that's riling us up and the, to the degree that someone should or could extend some empathy to the person with those views and realize, look, you are trapped in a thought spiral here yeah. and you're trapped yeah. in a narrative frame that the only thing you can do is become the kind of person you didn't want to be. I have received numbers of those calls, reached out to those people, and very often, on many, many occasions, people would say, I'm really sorry for what I said. And it's not because they, they heard me and changed their mind. They were regretting it the moment they hung up the phone, right? Yeah. Like, this is what issues like this do to a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Someone gets bird doggy about tracking down a phone number or an email or something, then they send this thing off, and then you can almost see that, you know... Uh, you can almost imagine the regret then after, after hitting send or hanging up and then they're in a spiral and then they receive a message back from you somehow. And then the person's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm in. And, and it's that shame narrative that I'm telling you is the thing that locks in people on those positions. People yes. do and say things that are so outrageous that the choices they have are to apologize for it and pull back or lock it in and prove to yourself that you were right all along. And mm -hmm. look, in the relig the religiously informed part of the pro-life movement, that is a huge problem. These are people who think any movement away from the position they hold is somehow a blasphemous act of religious yeah. insincerity and violation of God. I mean, the number of times, and Rob, we've, we've heard it, over and over, and as you say, Kate Cox is probably hearing it now, and maybe those yeah. of us in conversations with family or friends, people will, at some point, invoke, "You will stand before God, and God will judge you." That that is in their 
That is always <laughs> in there somewhere. Yep. And so you realize these people are like fearing God. That's their, that, that's the driver of so much of this. And often they're, I think this is my own interpretation, their own pushing their view on you is their way to try to create some umbrella of cover for whatever judgment is going to come down that they won't be found guilty because they spoke out against it. There's a yeah. lot of this, you know, this happens yes. in any social justice movement, whether it's invoking God or something else like, Hey, I'm going to clean my conscience by saying something or doing something. Right. And to the degree that any of us, this is my, my little pastoral advice for the day, Rob, to the degree that any of us are saying or doing something because we're trying to assuage our responsibility so we are not guilty of what our nation is doing or what the laws are that exist, if we're doing it because we're covering our own asses on this thing, yeah. just recognize you're doing something additional to making your point, sharing your ideas, trying to persuade someone, you're in a posture of which you're thinking about yourself in this moment. And yeah. that's not the best posture to which we should approach anything. So our options are double down on that or consider it, yeah. deal with it, and try to remove our own upside from our activism, regardless mm -hmm. of what side of the, of the, of the topic mm -hmm. you're on. Yes. Oh, yes. This is a tragic situation. It, it is. It's it's tragic for this woman and her family, as you know, as Peggy mentioned in the chat. And it's it's infuriating. Um, there are there are people older than me who who remember this. This is a new experience for there you, go. you know people my age and younger. And, um, and it's infuriating to watch. Yeah. And, and, and we're also back to a thing in which, and this is not good for the country. This was one of the arguments in the Roe versus Wade decisions in 1972. We can't have some states having one set of laws and other states having other sets of laws on this. Yeah. Now that's been the argument for a long time about having a national I don't know law about this. It's almost Where like things... we, you know, fought a civil war over that question. Settled fact. Where, where things sit now, a lot of people are like, "Well, we we don't want some of the current lawmakers or Supreme Court making a national decision about this." You know, there's a little bit of protection that some of us feel in the fact that abortion was pushed back to the states and not simply reversed by the Supreme mm -hmm. Court at a national level, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if anyone believes that the point of this was really just to give it back to the states as a technical uh, perspective on how laws well, should be determined from the federal no. and state level, that's not what that's not yeah. what Clarence it's Thomas a, yeah. or anybody it's a else. step. Yeah, it's a step towards a national abortion ban, and yes, and this is why elections matter. Yes, like this elections matter. And they go back a long time. And now we're so far beyond the 2016 election that mattered, right? We're past 2020, and now we're into 2024 at the presidential level. It to th There are people, let me see if I can do the math. There are people who were 10 years old in 2016 mm -hmm. that will be voting in 2024. Mm -hmm. And they're not remembering when they were 10. I mean, take yourself back to when you were 10 and think about how, how the world was then. And then by the time you were 18 or 20. Yeah. How, and especially are, are really pulling up the lessons from eight and 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that, uh, you know, that generation has, you know, so much, uh, so much trauma from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. that they had like formative years you know, stuck at home with their family, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I often think it's be interesting. In, in, in 1980, Ronald Reagan was elected. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan was a Republican. Eight years earlier, a Republican president resigned in disgrace mm -hmm. over his criminal activity. Mm -hmm. Eight years earlier. So when I was a little kid, six years, six, seven years old, the president resigns. By the time 1980 rolls around, 
Nobody I knew was even talking about that. In 1984, when I get to vote, I voted for Reagan. Didn't think a minute about that 10 years earlier, Nixon had resigned. There are people who are going to be voting in 2024 won't even remember the people who sat it out because Hillary Clinton wasn't the person they wanted and they were pretty sure she was going to win. And so they didn't want to, you know, soil their own voting reputations and vote for her. And we end up with Donald Trump and then we end up with vile border policies and we end up with this abortion restrictions that are going to uh, impact a generation. So yeah. the, the, the short memory of Americans when it comes to voting are simply, simply yes. remarkable. And as you and I and anybody watching this is getting older, in fact, you've all been getting older just since we started this live stream. We're, we're all getting older. That period of time in which we think about what things count just gets longer and longer and longer, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about, I'm going to try to do the math on air here. If you think mm. about September 11th attacks in, in, 20, in 2001, and now we're in 2023, so that's 22 years. You go back 22 years from the end of pretty much anything, and it, you know, in, in your own memory. So I started voting in 1984. So 1962, 22 years earlier, to my mind, in 1984 was as ancient as they can be. Now I'm like, no, I knew where I was on September 11th, and I still think about it, and I still take my shoes off at the airport because of it. Like, it's. <laughs> so present to some of us and so distant to yeah. to others and if there's anything because i was listening to a podcast you don't have last tsa week preaching with, i do and, and, I was, and I, that's the but, best but not, 80 dollars i spend yes but not every airport offers it this is true that's when you have true. to travel to those places mm. um i'll tell you that's a low feels like feels like temperature right there yeah uh, yeah um I was listening to a podcast uh, last week where some guy was rambling on about how generationalism is nonsense. Mm -hmm. It's great. You should find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. But to the degree that generationalism is nonsense because people are the same, the lived experience of people isn't always the same. And the memories yeah. that people have are, are, are quite varied. And so your comments, elections matter. Um, to some of us, I mean, I still own the same couch I was sitting on on the night that Donald Trump was declared president of the United States. Some people are like, mm, wow, life, uh, boy, can't you let that go? And I'm like, yeah, no, probably not until I sell that couch. Probably should have sold that couch. A lot of things happen sitting on that couch. I mean, you know, just sort of as a marker of it's time to move on. <laughs> it's time to move on. Let's how, talk about another how story. Much, how, much of your, how much of your primary furniture do you still have from 2016 you know uh, this, i live this is I, a question for the chat your primary yeah. furniture i don't know bed yeah. couch kitchen table whatever like the stuff yeah. you use all the time how much have you still uh, got from 2016 how much of it's been refreshed i think the bed's been refreshed the couch is still it i think the couch is the same maybe not i don't i'm not in charge of the furniture at our house or paying attention to it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see it in the chat. Uh, all right. Apparently, I had a lot on my chest. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got some breaking news, Doug. Do we have a breaking news uh, uh, sound effect? i on this. Nope. <laughs> there we go. Breaking news. Uh, Governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, Yes. is going to endorse oh. Nikki Haley for president. All right. All right. So they've determined so Donald she's not going to win Iowa. Let's pivot everything we can. This is all part of the pivot to New Hampshire in December plan. Yep. Where yeah, which is, I mean, she wouldn't be the first candidate to do that. But, I mean, this this strikes a blow, uh, a perceived blow to Donald Trump. Who mm -hmm. did not get Kim Reynolds' uh, endorsement as governor of Iowa, and now does not get uh, Nikki Haley's, um, uh, or does not get Chris Sununu's endorsement as uh, governor of New Hampshire? But Chris Sununu ha has been—I don't know—one of those like, yeah, you know, T 
team normal kind of Republicans um, at times who frustrate all of us because of the way they are not normal, like Liz Cheney and, you know, the others we can. But, you know, Chris Nunu has been kind of uh, yeah. more rational and, you know, so I don't know. My, we'll see if it has any impact on the presidential yeah. election or not. But I, I think it will. And it could go two different directions. One direction is that reasonable people start to say, hey, maybe we should give another look at Nikki Haley when it comes to the and enough, when it comes to the primary and enough of those people that happens and it creates a real challenge for Donald Trump as a front runner. The other is all the people who are like, of course, the establishment people hate Trump. Yeah. Right. And look, if there was truly a war within the Republican Party about this, like the establishment people are opposed to Trump. So that's why these governors and Congress people say this stuff about him and the deep state committed people. Mm -hmm. If that war was real and it meant that the Trump or die only people voted for Trump and the others voted for someone else, fair. But here's what they do. They say that's the establishment. They don't care. They've always been opposed to Trump. And then they say, those people are going to vote for Trump anyway. And they do. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> so there's not even a, that's the, the craziest part about it, is if Nikki Haley and Sununu and these people are like, look, we are never voting for Donald Trump. And I'm advising any of you who like me to join me in this, do not vote for the man. They won't say it. Yeah. They just won't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yep. God bless you. You know, yeah. And may she join us on the bus tour in 2024. But Liz Cheney also wouldn't say it yeah. until recently. So it is you know, so hard for people who deep in their souls will, are willing at some point to say the man is a threat to democracy. They won't say it until, I don't know, they're standing in the ashes of his arson uh, activities. Then they might say it once their whole house is burned down. And they'll be like, OK, I guess not. Yeah. Do you, you know who's going to have the opportunity to cast some votes that will, uh, you know, may have some impact on the 2024 election? Who's this? The nine members of the Supreme Court. Do <laughs> you like that? <laughs> hey, and the Supreme Court uh, has some work to do because Jack Smith pulled just a... Rob, I don't watch a lot of football, but I did see the clip of mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs, unwilling mm-hmm. to say it, th- uh, yeah. threw a pass. A guy caught it, was running, and then just before he got tackled, he turned around and threw a backward pass to another guy yes. who caught it and then ran in the end zone, and then they called it off because someone was offside. But great, a very great controversial penalty. It was an amazing play. Very controversial penalty. And totally correct call. Yeah. What's the controversy? The flag went up before the play even happened. Like I saw the flag fly in the air. Yeah, It's not like they watched the thing happen and then rewound it. But anyway, in this case, Jack Smith pulls off one of these. Trump has been like, look, here's how we run out the clock. We just keep asking for appeals and it goes to the appeals court. By the time the appeals court acts, then it goes to the Supreme Court. And Jack Smith is, if people aren't following this story, he yesterday said to the Supreme Court, we need you to rule on this. If Donald Trump can be prosecuted for actions that he took while president because he's using that as his defense. So we need a ruling on that because if if it's true that he can't be charged, then this whole thing stops. If Donald Trump believed that he can't be charged, he should want the Supreme Court to rule. Trump should be like, the Supreme Court's going to rule on this. It's clear I can't be charged for these crimes because they're a part of my, my official duties. So done. Let's, get, let's let the Supreme Court... Yeah. Act on this. And then I'm vindicated and I walk off and that's it. And I'll, I'll be swearing in on the 21st of January, you know, 2025. Right. That, that's what he should be doing. He's not because he's pretty sure the Supreme Court is going to say, yeah, you can be prosecuted for things that you did that weren't a part of your official duties, especially election related things, which are not part of your profession, your, your uh, presidential duties, which is why you can't do them from the Oval Office. Do you have confidence in the Supreme Court's ability to make this decision? 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, No, no, no doubts. And so if if they don't, I will be... A third of this court was was appointed by Donald Trump. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But, but they're not... <laughs> take a deep breath. They're not actually then hired by him as his employees to do his bidding. That's not how any of this works. Just, justices and judges who are appointed by people can rule against them, and they do all the time. And the Supreme Court has shown that it will and has, and it said we are willing to take this thing up, gave Trump, you know, like two weeks to get back to him about this. And my guess is that within, you know, before the Christmas Eve candles are lit, the Supreme Court will say, keep going. No problem. We'll mm. see you at the end of all this. I, I have zero, mm. zero doubt. Um, mm. Now, I, I, I could be wrong about that, but there's no way um, that these justices are, are going to try to make an argument that it's it's not a decent legal argument right it's one that right. he shouldn't no make. seriously yeah but you can't you can't win it. and if you haven't yet read it's easy to google the the the, uh, the pleading that jack smith's team put before the supreme court it just starts out like look this is the basic level of fairness and so on like let's just get let's just get this settled and move on and, mm -hmm. and be done they've been yeah. plotting and planning and scheming this my guess is all along now, the degree to which my own personal frustration with the fact that the Justice Department waited so long to launch into this criminal indictment of Trump, yeah, which they should have been doing a year and a half before they started, is stunning to me. Absolutely mm -hmm. stunning. And now we're in a situation where there's a time crunch. And that is the one piece of all this that makes me really doubt the judgment of these uh, special prosecutors to a degree that to me feels, uh, feels a level of concerning. Do you feel confident that the Supreme Court's going to uh, uh, rule in the way that the law would want them to? Um, I, I think so. I hope so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you know he he might end up being dictator yeah. for a day yeah yeah that's that's kind of my thought right like look if i whenever the choice is to take the optimistic view or to take mm -hmm. the dire view and you and yeah. and it's not i tend clear, to take the optimistic view why not why not take the optimistic view well it's why not people feel don't like a little to be better until you feel bad versus yeah. feel bad until you feel bad people like, yeah people are scared of disappointment disappointment is a hard hard thing oh uh, yeah yeah you know it's better than feeling making yourself feel not bad by the future disappointment feeling yeah. good until the disappointment comes yeah yeah it's like it's so <laughs> it's feels like you know it's uh, it feels uh, like there it is that's it Boy, like, see if we could title these things before mm -hmm. after we went on there if we did like a real podcast where you, you talk yeah. about something and you pull the title out of it after you're done this this would be the feels like feels like episode yeah. well, hey hey one more thing on uh, on donald trump and the uh and the cats Jack Smith. they are uh they they're going after the phones <laughs> i mean the so what do you think? People, what do you, what do you, what people, do you, you uh, think it was difficult? You think it was difficult to uh, hack his phone or no? <laughs> you, think, you think they, <laughs> think he's like, okay, you can take the device, but you're never going to get in there because my password mm. is so difficult. <laughs> yeah. I'm the man 2024. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think he's, right. but they're deep in these phones and they're deep in this data. And I mean, when the, when the full story is ever told, who knows when great grandchildren might have access to it. Like the archives from, you know, presidential administrations uh, that we can now look back on, know about the stuff that's in these phones, Trump's phones, Congress people's phones that they've <laughs> gathered up. I mean, there's more than just they're plotting and scheming to over oh, overrun the January 6th proceedings. There's all kinds of nonsense in these phones. And uh, you just know they're like, oh, look what we're look what we're looking at here. And they start stumbling onto it. You know, you know, it makes me think that, Rob is that in Florida, they have, a, uh, they have a little problem on their hands because there's a group called Moms for Liberty. It's a very conservative group of, yeah. of Christian people. Sure. Normally moms, and in that case for this group, means normally women. So they're, they're, it's a women's organization that is pushing for what I would call Christian nationalism policies, and they would yeah. call Christian nationalist 
policies. Yeah. At and specifically, enough, specifically through school boards, school boards. very interested in, in how, what our children are being taught, um, the morality and ethics of, uh, of, uh, um, you know, teachers and, you know, the, uh, just the morality that's being, you know, presented yeah. in classrooms and all of that. They're very concerned about what books people are reading, what kind of smut they're pushing around and all this. Well, well they have, they have a little problem on their hands because the founder, one of the co-founders of Moms for Liberty in Florida is being asked to resign from the school board after it has come out that her and her husband follow this one with me, Rob, yeah. are charged with raping a woman, her yeah. and her husband, the two of them, because they were, and the husband's pleading on this is, no, the sexual encounters that the three of us had together was consensual. The third party in this, not the Moms for Liberty co-founder and her husband, but the third person is saying, no, it was not, and there are charges of sexual assault being brought against both of them. So do you want to be disgusted by the sexual assault? Do you want to be disgusted by the fact that this person who's advocating for the purest of Christian virtues at every level, including the pages of books in schools, is involved in sexual encounters along with her husband and a third person? There we go. And, you know, it would be a little shocking if it didn't feel like a cheap bargain store ripoff of the Liberty president, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife and a cabana yeah. boy. Yeah. The, this is so, of course, right? I mean, here's the thing. You read this and it's a little bit shocking. It's a little bit scandalous. It's a little bit tantalizing. And you're like. And these are the people yes. out there championing every day all their things. And meanwhile, they are so above it all, they're involved in sexual ex escapades with three different people. And one of them yeah. outs them because she says what that couple, Moms for Liberty, thruple did to me is sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Welcome it to the MAGA movement yeah. of purity and it's just like yep so i mean you you, you could you could bet on yep. this and yeah. and feel yeah. like i got i got a pretty good chance of making my money back because so who you know who's it gonna be you know it it seems like it's always 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 you just give it enough time and these people that are screaming and yelling about this stuff. Yep. Yep. Here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. I, and, and so it's, it's just, and here's what's going to happen. The same thing as what happens with Trump. Final moment here. People say about Trump all the time. What he said, you can't take so literally. What Biden didn't say, you have to take literally. What Trump actually does can't take literally because you know that's not representative of what he thinks there's people who will say about these folks oh yeah of course well that you know people are flawed but that doesn't say anything about our movement and this is the yeah. question we all have to have is is this representative of the movement is a comment from trump representative of his views or not that's normally how we use comments <laughs> we say things to represent what we think people who run organizations like this live in ways that represent what they think. And then when people say this has nothing to do, I mean, we got a, we got a bad apple. Yeah. And you shouldn't let it spoil the whole bunch, girl. This is a bad apple question over. And the reason we have a catchy phrase in our society called one bad apple does or doesn't spoil the whole bunch. The reason that's a conundrum is because it happens all the time. And people are asking, does this represent the bushel or not? Pretty sure with Moms for Liberty, this isn't the only story. And if she gets all George Santos about it, this person, I can't even remember her name now, um, the the co-founder of Moms for Liberty and, and, and Thruple participant and now mm -hmm. accused sexual assailant, if she starts spilling the beans, uh, my guess is this isn't the only one. It's like being a dictator yeah. for a day.
any last yeah. comments on any of that weirdo? Not, no, nonsense? I have no, no, I have no final comments know. on any of that. But I do, uh, I do want to make a comment about uh, Squirrely Prepper's um, chickens. I hope they're okay. Oh. Oh, they they were under attack. Um, a hawk was coming after them. Squirrely um, Pepper in the in the YouTube chat says, Prepper. "I wish Prepper, Prepper, not Pepper, not Pepper." squirrely prepper lifestyle says i uh, wish i could stay but there's a hawk hunting my chickens this morning have a great day <laughs> I, and look i i think to, to the earlier point we should take the squirrely prepper lifestyle at her word yeah this oh. just means there's a hawk hunting her chickens that's all and, that means that is not and that is not, I got to drop the kids off the pool. That is not any other kind of a reference. Taking, taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. <laughs> taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. That is simply, there's a hawk hunting my chickens this morning. Yeah. But I might start using that as a phrase. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, friends, uh, we're going to cut it off a little early. There's a hawk hunting my chickens this morning, and I got to go take care of that. So, well, I, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to go pick up my daughter from work. Uh-huh. Well, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jim, have Peggy, I'm going to my see, daughter I'm and then have your friend go, good luck with that. That's probably. Yeah. No, probably no, no, no. It's kind of it probably just means it's your. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. To take your daughter yeah. home from work today. You know, I, I, I just, as I lean forward now and look at myself in on the screen, I, I just want to, I just want to, just remember a, uh, you know, last week when I was called fat in the chat and, uh, and it reminded me of, uh, you know, the great line from the TV show friends, which in many ways does not, uh, hold up at all. Um, but there's, there's the, the justification that the, the camera adds 10 pounds and, uh, and then Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing, says how many cameras are on you <laughs> like that's a, that's a great line it's a great line great line oh. <laughs> well, Rob, I, i've thought a lot about that comment from last week and i think the commenter was just feeling you had become a bit gaunt you had become a bit unhealthy looking people were thinking yeah. is is rob is rob doing okay and then said yeah. oh, great are you gaining some weight rob you're you're looking fabulous that's all that was there, there was concern yeah. about no, you being but there was also the desire like, not I'm glad you feel better. Yeah, there was also the desire not wanting to ruin my holidays, which made me think it was a negative comment. But I did, I did lower my camera a little bit, and I think I think the angle's a little better now. I'd consider ceiling mount if that's what you're doing, but yes, I think you're I think you're I think you're, <laughs> I, think you're <laughs> I think a drone the drone might get Thank there. you, Alex. I do. Uh, I do have an appointment to get my hair cut on Friday. So uh, wow, it's looking great, Rob. The hair is on yeah, point today. It, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been six weeks. So hey, and if you don't think Rob was really bothered by that comment that it came through, follow his social media. No, he he brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I screenshot it and oh, posted it. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, thank you all for being a for being an important part of all of this. Um, uh, he says one more. Okay, one more thing. I have to set my alarm to remember things. Uh, to remember things. Any suggestions? What time I should set my alarm for to catch you guys? So far, it's not working. <laughs> okay, <laughs> look, this isn't complicated. Peggy, On Tuesdays, Peggy. sometime around nine a.m. Central. Might be fifteen yeah. minutes before. Might be fifteen minutes after. On Wednesdays, typically nine a.m. or ten a.m. depending on our guest. Thursdays, if it's every other Thursday, then it's uh, 8 a.m. Central Time. Every other Monday for Red Hat, Blue Hat Talk, it's 11 a.m. Central Time, sometimes give or take 10 or 15 minutes. So that's it. Peggy. Perfect. You yeah, got that? Perfect. Is that, is that yeah. good? Got it. When you set up your calendar reminder, see if you can set one up that has a yeah. every other Monday, sometime around this time, on Tuesdays, normally this time, mm -hmm. on Wednesdays, this time, and every other Thursday, this one. All right. And then random ones. So that's how that's how we keep track of it. Um, yeah. And sorry that we're not uh, able Peggy, to if, tighten if that you, any anymore. Peggy, shoot me a text, and I'll just add you to the Monday night text that I send Doug that says, "Hey, what time tomorrow?" Huh. Or, "Hey, can we do eight eight 
could we do eight forty-five? Because I've got a ten o'clock meeting. Yeah. Or yeah, and, and sometimes text string yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just add you to the group. <laughs> this, is, this is how we really expand listenership on the on the live stream portion. Is just yeah. get in the text. Just get in the text string with us. Everybody. Yeah. Well, hey, Peggy, just post your phone number right there on the YouTube. Yeah. No, don't do that. I'm joking. Um, hey, uh, yeah. Here's Rob now helping you like the password people. Um, <laughs> all right, listen. I gotta go. Uh, all right. I had a great. I had a, I had a great line though. I, know I, I forget. Oh, oh. You go ahead and go, Rob. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go to full screen. Uh, no, no problem. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Um, Bye, everybody. Hey, uh, here's here's something else you can do on YouTube. You can set notifications. I know that's not the same thing, but if you set notifications and allow it to notify you, your phone will pop up with a visual reminder or a sound that will say the Common Good Podcast is going live. Gives you at least 15 seconds because we do a 15 second countdown. So I know that's not the same as schedule it so you can be prepared. But somewhere in the 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. window every other Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every other Thursday, and then an occasional freebie thrown in there, um, you'll get a notification on your on your device. Could offer you that. Sorry, we can't offer you more. Uh, and as Jim says, click the bell icon to do that. So if in this channel right now, you're in the, you <laughs> welcome to tech tips by Doug on the common good podcast on Tuesdays. If you're in YouTube and you see that bell icon and you click that, that then turns on notifications inside of YouTube on your device. You'll want then to grant permissions to YouTube to tell your phone to tell you about that notification. So you have to do two places. You have to do it in YouTube and you'll have to do it in your phone to give your phone permission. A lot of us turn off notifications for stuff like, you know, when you download an app and they're like, hey, we want to notify you. You're like, nope, um, because, you know, that's reasonable. So if you want to know within 15 seconds when we've started one, uh, that's that. Okay. And Peggy says my alarm is louder. No doubt about it. You can set a pretty loud notification, though. It can be it can be alarm loud. It's really, if you set it to the proper setting, it's rather alarming. Thank you all. Um, okay, Kimberly, if you haven't told your phone to notify you when YouTube puts out an alert, that would be the answer to that because Kimberly is saying my bell icon is still on and it doesn't alert me. I think what's happening is the app is notifying your phone. Your phone is not notifying you. You're caught in a mom's for liberty th thruple and you need to uh, get that uh, get that one straightened out. All right. So uh, you got three components. You got YouTube telling your phone. You've got your phone telling you. You've got us telling you. Now we got in four. You've got us telling YouTube that we've gone live by launching live. Probably the same thing in Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and the other places where we put this thing out. But all right, Joe. Hey, thanks for being a part of the Common Good Podcast and uh, do all you can to take care of yourself, take care of somebody else when you can and vote Common Good. See you around.